0: we're going to really talk about what the Word of God says about how to discover God's plan and purpose for your life. This is a foundational piece of your walk with the Lord. And this is why. If you'll notice, you don't have to live very much life to know that the whole world system and Satan who is behind the scenes working, it's all designed to steal, kill, and destroy. It's designed to create fear. But what he wants to do in a Christian's life is he wants to keep you focused on the needs of your life. Because in order to rob you of the blessing of God, he's got to get you considering yourself. Because we live our, with our, with, right, as a Christian, the walk of faith is we fix our eyes on Jesus. We receive everything he's given us by his grace, we receive it through faith, right? So everything that Satan does is he will try to keep you up to here with what you need, right? Because he knows, he knows some things about you. You're a child of God and your steps are ordered of God. And, and actually God, the, remember he is what? Jehovah Jireh. He is the God who looks ahead and provides before you ever get there, right? In Psalm 23, it says, He prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies, right? And that word prepare means that He goes ahead and He lays everything out in order for you. So, there is a path. The path of the righteous, the Bible says, is one of increase, you are never to decrease, right? Sometimes God will lead you, and in the natural, it looks like you're decreasing, but it will always end up increase, always, because the path of the righteous is one of increase. And there is a plan for your life, and on that plan, as you walk through life, there's a table, it's been set before you in the presence of your enemies. Satan, the satanic hierarchy that are designed to steal, kill, and destroy, They've been stripped of all power. They cannot keep you from grabbing what you need off that table. And everything you need, the mere fact you get in a battle, right, means that God's already provided what you need. You just need to lay hold of it. So here's the thing. You have been placed on this earth for such a time as this. You are a person of destiny God wants you to leave an eternal footprint in human history because we are the body of Christ. And so Satan never wants you to discover God's plan for your life. He wants you to live trying to figure it out because, see, you can't figure it out. Actually, let's just get going before before I start preaching here. Go ahead, let me see, where do I want to go first? I think we should go to, uh, let me see what I had here. Gosh, I don't know if I want to go there. Let me say this before we go there. Actually, yeah, let's go there. Go to 1 Corinthians, it's a work in progress, okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we're going to look at verse 9. So many, many believers, many Christians are unhappy, they're frustrated, okay, they're, e- they're even depressed because their life has no real purpose. And, and the reason why they're unhappy, they're depressed, all these things, is because on the inside of them, their life is dripping with purpose. And they, if they could quiet themselves long enough, they know that there's something great that they're supposed to do on this earth. But because of their life, they just see no way of it ever coming to pass, so you get discouraged, okay? Purpose gives meaning to your life now. You have to know that there is a purpose. The God of the universe has placed you in the geographical area you live, in the time in human history that you live. He, it, he has a purpose for you, right? Right? and that gives meaning to your life. Having a sense of purpose. What does that mean? You need to be asking yourself the question, how am I going to impact my generation? If you're in high school, how? God, what do you want me to do here? Right? What am I supposed at your job? What am I what am I supposed to do when you see When you go to a restaurant, when you go to a gas station, everywhere you go, you're dripping with purpose. God wants to reach through your life and yield fruit and show the world Jesus. I love that. God wants your generation to serve him. Right? Like you look at all that's going on in this country, How that freedoms and all this stuff and and all this stuff that's happening right now, I'm here to tell you, not on our watch, the gates of hell are not going to prevail against the church in the United States while we're here right? Because the greater one lives inside of us. So we don't get caught up in all this political stuff. We keep our eyes on Jesus. We vote righteousness. We, we put everything through the filter of the word of God. We walk in love. We walk in strength. We walk in wisdom, right? But what we're not going to do is get focused on natural things because then you lose your purpose, right? So let's look at this. You have to determine in your heart to develop a sense of destiny in your life. And what does that mean? Nobody can do that for you. You have to get alone with God and go, okay, Father, show me by your spirit. What, why am I here? What am I to do? Right? Show me. And I'm telling you, the word of God clearly lays out exactly how he shows you, okay? So 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 says this, but as it is written, and now Paul, as he's, as he's writing this letter, he's quoting Isaiah 64, 4. As it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them, That love him. Wow. And remember, the word heart is the Greek word, it's the Greek word cardia. Okay? It's a feminine noun. If you were here one Wednesday night, it's G2588 is the Strong's number, right? Remember how many times we went through that? But it means it's the seat of desires, it's the seat of your feelings. It's the seat of your affections, your passions. It's talking about your mind. Yes, it's talking about your spirit, but your spirit and your mind, which is part of your soul, are connected. So this is literally saying your eye has not seen, your ear has not heard, and it's not even entered into your mind, what? The things which God hath prepared for them. That is God's plan for your life. But, don't stop there though, but God, see, we'll stop there and we'll say, see, you just never know what God's going to do. No, most theologians are one verse away from getting it right. But look at verse 10. But God hath revealed them. What? What's them? The things that he's prepared for us. How did he reveal them to us? By his Spirit. For, and this is talking about the Holy Spirit. For the Holy Spirit, or the Spirit, searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Now jump to verse 12. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but, you could say this, but we have received the Spirit which is of God. Why? That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. God wants you to know what you've been given. Okay? He wants you to know it, but it's going to be revealed by the Holy Spirit. Right? So let's keep going. Then you go back to Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 10 in verse 23, it lays out something else to us. Jeremiah 10, 23 says this, Oh, Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walks to direct his steps. We are not created to direct our own steps. So this is why, think about that. If we're not created to direct our own steps, why why would we not be able to direct our own steps? because it hasn't entered, right? We haven't heard it. We can't see it. It's not entered our mind, the incredible things, God's plan for our life. It's not in us to direct our own steps. Yet people, Christians, are trying to direct their own steps. And Satan will put you in a corner to try to get you to go a certain way. But there, God, we've got good news tonight. God has a way for you to live and walk out every desire of your heart. So let's go to Psalm 37. Psalm 37, verse 1. Now we're going to go through five verses in Psalm 37 talking about how to find your purpose in life. How how literally, see, God's got to direct your steps. He's got to give you the desires of your heart. You've heard me say this before, you're a child of God, you're a Christian, your future's not in front of you, your future's within you, right? So everything is within you, the path is already laid out, and and as you meditate in the Word of God, what will the Word do? It's a lamp to your feet, and it's a light to your path. It, It doesn't light your brother or sister's path, So, you can't work out their salvation. So, you got to stop judging. You got to stop trying to be all spiritual and telling people what to do. Listen, every one of us is up to here with us, (laughs) right? Because Satan's playing for keeps. He wants to get you off the path, right? And he'll try to ignite your flesh and do all this stuff. But there is a way that you could walk free from all of that. So, this passage of scripture lays out some big things in how God leads you. And this is the way it starts out. The context of this is you finding God's plan for your life. Look the way it starts. Immediately it starts, fret not. In other words, what does that mean? Fret not. Don't, or let me say this correctly, fret not thyself. That word fret n- means worry. Don't worry yourself. Well, now, wait a minute, Pastor. I, we're not preaching on walking in the peace of God. We're, we're talking about God's plan for our life. Yeah. Worry will keep you solidified in needs so that you never see your purpose. Look at what we don't worry. Fret not thyself. Why? This is interesting. Because of evildoers. That tells me that Satan is going to try to use some people that maybe hurt you or that are in your life. You're going to, as you go through life, you're going to see people that are not serving God that seem to just be doing a lot better than you. And it's designed so that you start worrying. Worrying like, you know, and this is how you worry. So why, why does this person who's just blowing it get to have this great life and then here I am? Right? Satan loves that because you can't see anything in that position. And he loves getting you look at somebody, looking at some natural thing. Let me tell you this. When you look at an evildoer, you are seeing the surface. You don't really know what's going on there, right? How would you like to be a multi-billionaire that hates God? How, would, would anybody want to do that? Because the moment they shut their eyes to this world, which is a vapor, guess what? Lost forever. No, 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 I... You know what? I I would not want to change places with that person. I walk around at my age so thankful that my mom kept me in church because I run into people all the time my age that don't have any desire for God, don't know Him. And, you know, you just look at them and you're going, wow, to them, this is it, right? Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be envious against the workers of iniquity. Why? For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. That is the reality of this life. Now, when I read that, that makes me want to reach all of them because I don't want anybody I know to be cut down and lost forever. But in in the context of finding God's plan for your life, you got to get over everything that's ever been done to you, you've got to get your eyes off what you think other people, how other people are blessed that are not serving God. See, what I really want you to see here is according to this verse, who causes you to worry? You do. Fret not thyself. The biggest thing about worry is you have to choose it. Now, thats not that life-giving? That was worth coming to church for because you don't ever have to choose it. Huh. Worry about this or not worry? No, I think I'm just not going to worry about that. Right? I pulled this up before church, and now this is where I'm going to say this. Go to Isaiah 55, or Psalm 55, 22. Psalm 55, 22. Look at what it says here. It says, cast your burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain you. And he shall never allow what? The righteous to be moved. So let's break this down. Cast your burden. What's what's that word burden mean? It's anything that bothers you. Okay, that Hebrew word means anything that bothers you. Something that has been given to you that bothers you, that troubles you, right? That weighs you down. The Bible says if there's anything that life ever throws you, that weighs you down, bothers you, and troubles you, you are to cast that on the Lord. And if you'll do that, the Bible says he shall sustain you. This word means he'll maintain you, he'll nourish you, right? This Hebrew word means he'll keep you, he'll guide you, he'll actually bear you up, right? And he will make provision for you. If you cast your burden on the Lord, he'll make provision for you. Why? Because he never allows the righteous to be moved. This word moved is interesting. It means to be shaken, to slip, or to fall, or to be carried off your course. He won't allow it. So, in other words, when I walk with him, jump back to Psalm 37 when I walk with him, I am never to worry about anything. Philippians 4 6 says that. Be anxious for nothing. That Greek word anxious is an anxious thought. What is an anxious thought? It's worry. Don't worry about anything, pray about everything. See, God wants you to travel light, don't be stressed. Now, when you realize that when you got born again, you've already been given everything, right? Everything that you will ever, every desire that God placed in you, do you realize you've been given everything already? You don't have to make it happen, right? You just follow him. Be willing and obedient. You walk in his word and he'll add all this stuff to you. So I'm not trying to be successful. I come from a place, because I'm a child of God, I am successful, so all this failure's got to bow to who I am in Christ, and the Holy Spirit will lead me into all the success that he's already laid out for me. It's the way it works. you gotta, you got to see it God's way. We have to rightly divide the word of God. When we see evildoers walking in what seems to be their desires, it will tempt us to worry. When we worry, it causes what? Anger and unrest, right? Many times, the desires of our heart seem to have no way to come to pass, and this causes us to worry. Has that ever happened to you? You have this desire in your heart, right? And then all of a sudden, it's just not working out the way that that you think, right? Right? You start a church and there's not eight thousand people there in six months, and you're going, what what's going on? Then you meet this other pastor that you could tell is hardly ever in the Word, and his church is just exploding. That's just that happens to pastors all the time. Do you know what that means? Do you know what that's supposed to mean to me? Absolutely nothing because my bible says if i'll delight in the lord and meditate in his word he'll bring everything that i put my hand to to maturity he'll do it right see i don't want a bigger church than another person i want to i want to yield all my fruit in my season and i just want to see the lord build faith family church to be all that it's supposed to be that's it because anything more, I listen, I've been in the will of God and I've been out of the will of God. In the will is much better, right? I mean, you all know how much I love winter. The end of October, I'm ready for spring right now. <laughs> Would have loved to go to the beach today, but there's not one. It's 1,750 miles away. But you couldn't drag me back to Southern California because I'm supposed to be here. This, is, this, this ignites everything within me. Right, because I've been out of the will of God, and in the will's much better. So to have, if you have your own agenda, you're going to miss God's agenda. Right. So you ready for verse three, Psalm thirty-seven three. After he says don't worry, then he starts to he starts to talk to you about some things. Trust in the Lord, and do good. I got to tell you, trusting in the Lord is the foundation of you doing good. There's a connection to that. We don't have time to go into all that, and that's a whole series in itself. But man, trusting in the Lord is your foundation. This is what's so cool. You can't trust who you don't know. And he wants you to know him intimately. Everything he does... Everything he is, is for you. It's amazing. Trust in the Lord and do good, and so shall you dwell in the land. Now the Bible says over and over and over that God's blessing is in the land that he calls you to. So you want to be in the land. Trust in the Lord and do good, and guess what? You'll be in the will of God. You'll get in your land. That means you'll live where you're supposed to live. You'll work where you're supposed to work. You'll do what you're supposed to do. The ministry you have will be what you're supposed to, right? You'll dwell in the land, and verily, you shall be fed. I love that. You'll be fed. This word fed literally means you'll be shepherded and you'll be pastored, right? Isn't that cool? There are many believers who are trying to use their faith, who have never learned to trust. And it doesn't work. Just because you know, and you could quote a couple scriptures, doesn't mean you're in faith. It's not what you know, it's who you know. Right? Until you get to the point where you can trust God for the essentials and needs of your life, You'll never be able to walk in the desires of your heart. That's why we're preaching on this tonight. Because this is going to stir you. Until you get to the place where all the needs of your life are a done deal, you trust God to take care of all the needs, he can't even talk to you about the desires of your heart. That, that's a reality statement there. So let's keep going with this. Don't leave me here, Pastor, right? So verse three, trust in the Lord with all of your, or I'm sorry, trust in the Lord and do good and so shall you dwell in the land and verily you shall be fed. So let's look at a couple scriptures about trusting in the Lord. Proverbs chapter three, verse five and six, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways, consider him, and he will direct your paths. Remember, it's not in you to direct your own paths. So for him to direct them, you've got to trust in the Lord with all your heart. You've got to lean not on your own understandings. What that means literally means don't rely on your own mind's conclusions. In all your ways, acknowledge him. What does that mean? In all your ways, consider him. Considering him is considering the word. What does the word say? It's got to be in line. The Holy Spirit will never lead you apart from this, right? In all your ways, acknowledge him, consider him, and now you're in a position where now he can direct your paths. Psalm 112, verse 7, says this. Psalm 112, verse 7, it says, He shall not be afraid of evil tidings, that evil tidings, in other words, he will not be afraid of something that he heard. Why? Because his heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. Psalm 125, verse 1. They that trust in the Lord shall be like Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abides forever. Right? All that stuff in the Middle East, I'm here to tell you, Israel's not going down. Nope, Mount Zion will remain forever. Jeremiah chapter 17, I want you to set your eyes on this. Jeremiah 17, verse 7, it's another great scripture. We could go on all night with this. Trusting in God. 17:7 7 of, of Jeremiah, blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. So in other words, I trust him for my present, and I all my trust is in him. He's my hope. That's future. Right? It says, for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, and that spreads out her roots by the river, and shall not see when heat comes. In other words, when you trust in the Lord, you are not You're not looking at anything outward anymore. You don't care about outward circumstances because all your provision, you're like a tree planted by waters. Your roots have spread. All your provision's coming from the inside, right? Because you trust in the Lord. And shall not see when heat comes, but her leaf shall be green. So that means no matter how much the heat gets turned up in the economy, or in life, your leaf never withers because all your trust is in the Lord. Psalm 91 says that a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you, right? And you shall not be careful in the year of drought, and neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Shall not be careful in the year of drought. That means I'm going to be sowing In in good times, when drought comes, I sow more. Why? Well, because my provision is not, I'm not being moved by this. God's my provider. In our environment, guys, you gotta make, you don't put your trust in your job or your pension or any of that stuff, because that stuff is all subject to go away. But what will never go away is God is your provider. He might give you many income streams, but he is always gonna be the source. You don't want him not to be the source because it's not subject to change, right? Trusting in the Lord. So now we don't fret, we trust, and then it goes on. Now this is what I really want to spend some time talking about tonight. Then he says this in verse four, delight yourself. You have to do this. You have to make a choice to delight yourself in the Lord And he shall give you the desires of your heart. You have to delight yourself. Now this, we're going to spend a lot of time on. So think of it this way. There's two words here. Delight and desires. Your delight is connected to your desires. If you don't delight in the Lord, he can't give you the desires of your heart. Right? So let's break this down just a little bit. You guys doing okay? This is this will really help you. Delight that Hebrew word means that which gives you great joy, pleasure and satisfaction. Delight yourself also in the Lord. In other words, make the Lord the source of your joy, your pleasure, and your satisfaction. When the Lord first started teaching me this, it took me over a year to get revelation knowledge on this. I'd walk around saying that. Father, you are the source of my joy, pleasure, and satisfaction. I don't even know how many hundreds of times I said that. Thinking to myself while I'm saying it, you have no idea what you're talking about. While you're saying that, you're feeling nothing. Right? But I just kept saying it and kept saying it. And all of a sudden, revelation came of that verse, and it fell, in my, it fell in my heart. I can't hardly talk about it now. Because now, when I'm like, Lord, you are the source of my joy. Oh, man, other things could bring joy into my life, but you're the source. You're the source of my pleasure. There is nothing that turns me on more than you. You are the source of my satisfaction. You are the one that satisfies me. Right? Why do I live my life so satisfied? Like in my marriage, so incredibly satisfied. Because he's the source. So I'm able to be completely satisfied. Makes for a great marriage. Right, doesn't it? I mean, wow, right? We're not looking for a way out. Well, I mean, we're looking for a way out. Like we'd love if we hear a if we hear a trumpet, we're going up together, you know, she tells me that Zoe has to live in our mansion. Or, you know, if, if I could live in her mansion if if I believe our dogs will go to heaven. You know, and she's having a little trouble with that scripturally, but whatever, right? I'm sure there's some dogs in heaven. I better move on. I'm gonna get myself in trouble. So anyway. <laughs> Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires. See, in the world, when you say desires, what do you think? You think sex. You think lust. But you know the very word desire. D-E-D. Of. That's what that word means. Sire. The father. A true desire means it's of the father. Trust. Right? Trust in the Lord, right? All this stuff, delight in the Lord, and He'll give you the desires of your heart. See, this word desire also, in the Hebrew language, it means a longing, a craving, a yearning, and a wanting. A request that you ask for because you want it, not just because you need it. When God says, He wants to give you the desires of your heart. This is dealing with things that you just have a burning desire for. You don't need it, but you just just yearn for it. I mean, I yearn to see large numbers of people's lives to be changed. I yearn for Jesus to be revealed for who he is in people's lives, right? I mean, that burns in me. I yearn for people to know the life-giving word of God, not this nonsense, some of this nonsense that's preached, right? Well, God, you know, he does something good for some and not others. Man, please, can you quote scriptures or shut up? Because if you can't quote scriptures, don't say that about my father, right? So delighting in the Lord means that whatever gives him Joy, pleasure, and satisfaction gives you and I joy, pleasure, and satisfaction. Well, there's a lot there. The moment you start finding joy, pleasure, and satisfaction in something that God finds no joy, pleasure, or satisfaction in, his direction for your life ceases. I'd love to tell you different. So, so this is not one of those optional sermons, although I don't know that I've ever preached an optional sermon, right? It's not multiple choice. You want to you wanna walk in the glorious plan that God has for you? You better make what, what's his joy, pleasure, and satisfaction, make that yours. But if you want to live for yourself, you can, he will allow that, but man, that's not fun. It'll be all about you, and all roads lead to death, right? Right? God wants you to live his quality of life. So have your joy, pleasure, and satisfaction in the Lord, and now he is able to give you the desires of your heart. Okay? So delighting in the Lord is inseparable from delighting in his word. You can't separate it. Right? delighting in his word. Listen, if he said it, I'll do it. I delight in walking in forgiveness. My flesh doesn't always delight in it, but I, I delight in it, and I'm going to make my flesh delight in it. Or I, well, you can't make your flesh like it, but you can make your flesh do it. Right? I might not delight to act a certain way sometimes, but I'm going to. I'm going to tell my body, listen, we're not acting this way, we're going to act the way in line with the word of God. The proof... Of delighting in the Lord is if there are desires in you and you are pursuing them. You'll know if you're delighting in the Lord because he's giving you desires and you're pursuing them. But if you're up to here with just the needs and necessities of your life... Know this, don't get bummed out, don't get down on yourself. You just start going to the Lord and go, okay, Holy Spirit, help me, I need to change. I need to get my eyes off myself and my situation. Help me, because I need to delight in you so that you can give me the desires of your heart so I can start pursuing them, right? This does not automatically happen. We are told to delight ourselves. We must do something. And this is a key in the Christian's life. So delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So let's talk a little bit more about this. Let's go a little bit deeper. All desires, all desires, now this is a big statement, come from God as a result of delighting in the Lord. Now everybody sitting there could be going, well, wait a minute. I've had some desires, right? I've had some desires that were not of the Lord. I'm here to tell you tonight, they're not desires. They're not of the, if they're not of the Father, they're not desires. There's no such thing as an evil desire. People will say, you could watch movies, and there's this, the bad guy, right? As my grandsons would say, oh, the bad guy. Right? They have, they have this evil desire to take over the world or, or or conquer this or do no, there's no such thing as an evil desire. Because desire is of the Father. He has no evil desires. Well, what is that? Those are just evil thoughts. That's lust. That's selfishness, self-centeredness. It's the law of sin and death. But it's not a desire. Let's get this right. Right? Here's another point about desires desire towards God and you will have desires from God. If you're not desiring towards him, if I'm not, oh Lord, I'm drawn near, I desire to know you, you won't, he, you're won't. you not positioned where he could give you anything because you're just living for yourself. Boy, do we need to hear this because why? We're living at the end of the church age where Timothy, Paul writing to Timothy says, listen, in the final days, perilous times are going to come because men will be lovers of their own selves. It's all about what I want. And pastor, I'm visiting this church tonight. You better say what I like, because if you don't, I'm out. <laughs> all right? What do you say to that? Have a great life. I, I, come, come back if you ever want to. Right? You'll be in great company because I've been there too. It doesn't work that way, right? People are like, well, you know, I think I'm, I think God's leading me to do this or that or this or that. And, and then you get out there and you realize, yeah, that was just me. Has that ever happened to you? It's okay, but just don't be stupid, right? Go, if that was just me, I'm going back, I'm going to, right? If you can't go back, if the door shuts, then just call out to God and say, hey, I blew it. Do I, can I get a little mercy? He goes, nope, I'll give you a lot of mercy. Right? He's a God of all mercy. So, these desires from God are expressions of his plan, his purpose, and his will for your life. They're expressions of it. God's will comes into your life in the form of his word as you put his word in your heart but his will for your life comes out of your heart in the form of desires you know I grew up in a denomination that said man don't ever tell God you're not willing to do something because he'll make you do it listen if God's leading you to do something when you step into this it will just turn you on I remember when I was at Rama. There was this girl, looked like a supermodel, nails always perfect, makeup always perfect, hair had to be always perfect, you know, she was just kind of real feminine, she's not getting dirty, right? And then all of a sudden they were going to some jungle on a missions trip, and the Lord started stirring her to go. And she's like, "I, I can't do that. I'm not camping, I'm not going to be in a jungle, I can't be where I can't get my nails done, I can't, I'm not doing any of that. She ended up going, no, Lord, I'll go. She didn't think, she thought, man, there's no desire in my heart to do that, but God kept prompting her. She testified when she got back. She's like, I loved every minute of it. It was like, I was, she goes, when I graduate, I'm going on the mission field. I know, I'm called on the mission field. You, talk to missionaries. I can't even fathom it. We got a guy coming from Kenya here in December. I'm like, praise God, brother. I have so much respect for you, right? Joab and Amanda, they're in Turkey. We can't even talk about what they do, right? But they take this, here's this young couple, Joab's tall, blonde hair, all of his blonde-haired kids, and they're going to the Middle East preaching the gospel where you're not supposed to. And he takes, his, he takes his little kids, like, into areas, and I'm just going, yikes. I just could never see myself doing that. And the Lord will say, yeah, because you're not supposed to. But for him, he's like, I just got to go where nobody's heard the, heard the gospel. It burns in them. Right? The will of God comes out of your life in the form of desires. These desires are expressions of his will for your life, and he wants to fulfill them. So, what am I saying? I can identify God's will for my life by these desires. So now here's the problem. If you're not delighting in the Lord, you will have counterfeit desires. Now, they're not really desires, but they'll feel like it. You'll have your own plans, kind of what you really thought you were supposed to do, right? Then Satan will try to bring some things into your life that'll look so much like the real, but they're just not the real. And how, do you, how does somebody know counterfeit money? They study the real, and they can see the counterfeit. It's the same way. When you delight in the Lord, when you put him first, you'll be able to see a counterfeit desire. Because I could tell you this, the counterfeit desires from the enemy or your own plans are nothing in comparison to how big the desires come out. Because the more you delight, the bigger they get. They will eclipse your plans, Satan's plans. You will just know that you know that you know. So why do Christians not know? Because they're not delighting. Why are they not delighting? Because they're, they're not trusting Why are they not trusting? Because they're spending all their time fretting, right? So let's keep going. You can have one desire in your heart and another counterfeit desire in your head. But as you delight in the Lord, this is what happens. His desire increases and eclipses your own desires. It eclipses the devil's counterfeit desires. They both will fade away in comparison to a desire from God. Right? So, Psalm 37, 4. Can we say it again? Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. My delight must be in the word of God. My delight has to be anchored in the word of God. The things that bring me the most joy, pleasure, and satisfaction must be the word of God. There is nothing, nothing in my life that compares to this. And I will beat my flesh black and blue and renew my mind until I, to live in this place. Right? Because this is life. And all life flows out of the overflow of this, of my personal walk with the Lord. Delighting in his word is delighting in his will. See, if you don't live this way, he cannot give you the desires of your heart. You won't know his will for your life and you won't ever be able to fulfill his purpose. So pastor, I'm so glad I came tonight because I just, I just took all the options out of your life, didn't I? Do you know who the greatest option giver on the planet is? It's Satan. Oh, you don't feel like going to church tonight? Don't worry about it. Uh, you know what? You read, you, you spent some time at the Lord the other day. My goodness, you go to a church where that guy preaches for like an hour. You don't have to get in the word tomorrow. Right, options. I look at this, I look at the word of God and go, well, I like that blessed part. Don't talk to me about that giving part. That, that Pastor Dave, why is he always talking about this tithe and offering thing? Right, It almost makes you think that those are four-letter words or something. I don't know. Right? No, don't talk to me about that giving stuff or how I have to... Oh, really don't talk to me about beating my flesh black and blue. No, 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 no. I Just, just talk to me about the blessing part only. Right? We can't live that way. We can't live that way. You come to God first. Then you use your faith to believe God for desires from him. See, what do we do? When you're just, when you're, when you're looking at natural things, what are you focused on? I'm believing God for the end result. I'm believing God, I, I, just, I just want the end result. I want more money. I want more peace in my life. No, 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 don't do that. Use your faith to believe God for the desire of your heart. Because once he gives you that desire, you're in faith. See, this is going at it a little bit deeper way. But if you want to grow up, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. In other words, God wants to become the source of your desires. He is, but he wants to become your, the source of your desires. And only, we have to decide. He doesn't make us, right? Right? If you delight in the Lord, he will put his will in your heart in the form of desires. When the desires come to your heart, your head will lose. Why do people struggle? Gosh, you know, I'm believing God for this, but it just doesn't seem like it's working out. You're not walking in the desire. Because when you delight in the Lord, if sickness is attacking your body... You won't settle for this drug that just takes care of it. You will long for and yearn to see this healing manifested in your life. You'll long for and yearn to see what God said happen in your life. See this desire. What does Mark say? What things soever you desire when you pray, right? This is huge. When the desire comes to your heart, your head loses. Here's another thing about desires. It's easy to live a pure and holy life if you delight yourself in the Lord. Because addictions can't attach themselves to you. Your flesh can't win. You ready for verse 5? Commit your way unto the Lord... Trust also in him. Do you see how we're coming full circle now? Trust also in him. And who brings it all to pass? He brings it all to pass. See, this is the cool thing. You walk in him and he brings everything to pass. Wow. You got to realize it is God who will bring all this stuff to pass. So now we're ready to, to read Psalm one Psalm 1-1 says this, blessed is the man. That word blessed means anointed by God with happiness and success. I don't know about you, I want God to anoint me with happiness and success, right? I should say it, and, and here's the other part. He anoints me with happiness and success and satisfaction. I can't forget, that's a big part of that Hebrew word. He wants you to live satisfied. I'm satisfied where I am while I'm passionately moving to where I'm going. But, I, but I'm not unhappy here, but I'll be happy there. No, no, I'm happy all, I'm satisfied all the time. Right? Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Let's look at this for a second. The first thing God's word tells us is what you have to do, what what a man who's not blessed is going to do. You can't walk, stand, or sit in certain places and be anointed by God, right? And be blessed, in other words. We're not to find joy, pleasure, or satisfaction in verse 1, right? Right? Some people are unwilling to give up some friends that are taking them down a wrong path. Well, you could keep those friends and keep them as your close circle, but guess what? You're not going to be blessed. You're not going to pull them up on the table. They're going to pull you down, right? There are certain places that you can't walk, stand, or sit and be blessed. Now, walk, stand, or sit. What is this talking about? You might want to write this down. This is showing us the progression of influence that turns one's attention. That's what it's talking about. This walk, stand, or sit is showing us, it's literally showing us the progression of influence that will turn my attention off Jesus onto other things. So is this real? Yeah. I can't walk in a certain area. I can't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Do you know there's Christians that live ungodly? I can't walk in their counsel, their advice, or their plan. Right? I can't, I can't stand in the way of a sinner. Now this is talking about people, this could be a Christian. Right? We don't need to give examples but we're all Christians, but yet have you ever sinned? Listen, if I, if I, I'm not going to have as a close friend a Christian, I don't care if they're a pastor that has a thing going on in their life, a lifestyle of sinning. I can't do that. Now, am I still going to be in their life? Yeah, to help them, but they're not going to be in my close circle right? Or the scornful. I can't, I can't do it because there's a progression that happens as I go from walking to standing to sitting that turns my attention off Jesus or off delighting in him. It cuts me off from knowing God's plan for my life, from getting the desires which are expressions of his will. Wow. Verse 2, but the man who is blessed, his delight is in the law of the Lord. Now, a New Testament believer would say, his delight is in the word of God. Right? Notice, I have to delight myself also in the Lord. Delighting in the Lord is delighting in his word. But his delight is in the law of the Lord or the word of God. And in his law or in his word, does he meditate day and night? Why does it say meditate day and night? Because God wants you to be in a constant state of communion and fellowship with him. That's why this is saying this. He wants you in a constant state of fellowshipping with him. Do you know when you're in a constant state of fellowshipping with him, Satan has trouble getting you to latch on to these thoughts that he's throwing to do this in your marriage or this in your life, right? You won't put up with that stuff because when you commune with God, it's a constant communion with him right it says here and he shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water doesn't that sound a lot like jeremiah 17 7 and 8 that brings forth his fruit in his season his leaf also will not wither that sounds exactly like jeremiah 17 7 and 8 And whatever he does shall prosper. Do you know in the Hebrew language it would read like this? And whatever he does will be brought to maturity. Wow. Right? God is so good. All right, just a couple more minutes. You guys doing okay? So how do I get from where I am to delighting in the Lord? Number one, you submit... To the written word of God. you got to submit your life. See, this is the progression. We progress from the written word to the spoken word. See, I submit to the written word and now I'm not only going to read it, now I'm going to speak it. We progress from the written word to the spoken word. Why? So that we can walk with and so that we can walk in the living word, Jesus. i got to submit to the written word that will lead me to speaking the word, and that will enable me to walk in and with the living word. Does that make sense? You submit your life to the revealed will of God. That's number two. First of all, you got to submit yourself to the written word of God. If you, if you do that and you're walking in him, guess what? Now you'll submit to the revealed will of God. What is the revealed will of God? That's the desires of his heart, of your heart. That's when God gives that to you. See, you gotta hear the word of God to delight in it. The word, the word of God inside of you has to be transformed into a desire. And that's why you, there's only one way to transfer it into a desire, you have to meditate in the Word. It's not, it's not enough to read the Bible. When you read the Bible, you got the Holy Spirit will cause something to jump off the page. There's a verse or whatever. You start saying that over and over and over because you've got to get it to dawn on your spirit so that it opens up so that you can now walk in this. This is massive in your walk with the Lord. you got to hear the Word to delight in it, but the Word in you must be transformed literally transformed into a desire. And how you do that is by meditating in the Word of God. You must meditate in the Word of God to delight in it. How are you going to delight yourself also in the Lord? That's delighting in His Word. You have to meditate in the Word of God. You have to say it over and over and over. It's not enough. See, if you're a parent, you need to meditate in the fact that my children, Isaiah 54, will be taught of the Lord. Because that sounds great, but it's not enough. It's got to translate into a desire where now when you're speaking, you're like my children, as they lay their head, as they're in any scenario, they will be taught of the Lord and great will be the peace of their children. See, it's got to be transformed into a desire. This is why you, It's Brother Hagin used to say this, And man, I'm just now starting to really understand that. He would say this, it's the part of the word that you get excited about that will work for you. It's not this dead, hey, let's open up the Bible. Wow, isn't that nice? God loves us. No, when you really, when that opens up on the inside of you and you realize the God of heaven loves you, right? That everything he is and everything he has is for you. It changes everything. You become a wild man like me. But, but hide and watch, I'm just barely getting started. The more I get to know Him, the more it just it ignites me in a way. Amen. Man, meditation in God's Word brings understanding of God's Word. Meditation in God's Word is what propels you from being a hearer of the Word to being a doer of the Word. And it's not the reader of the Word, it's not just the hearer of the Word that's blessed. It is the doer of the word. See, your life is conformed through meditating in the word. Your life is conformed to the pattern, Jesus. He is the pattern by hearing and meditating in the word. Your life is transformed by the renewing or the renovation of your mind as you hear and meditate in the word of God as the word brings results into your life you'll delight in it so it becomes a spiral an upward spiral of just delighting in the lord you delight in the lord he gives you desires things start manifesting in your life it makes you delight in him more and you just get wild and you know you're one are you one of those wild christians yeah totally feel like running around with a big j on my chest right just cuz he's everything even when i mess up he's with me Even when I mess up big and it seems like I have destroyed my life, he'll turn it all around. He is good all the time. This is what we're talking about. Wow. Position yourself this way to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Look at what John, we're going to close with this. John 15, well, we'll pause with this. We'll pause till Sunday. John 15, look at verse 4 and 5. After we've said all this, check this verse out in the light of all that we've said. It says this Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. Verse 5 I am the vine. You are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Now people might think, listen, wait a minute. You know, I'm a pretty talented guy. I can do a lot of things. Yeah, and God calls it nothing. You won't talk about it in eternity. Only what he has called us to do, his path for our life, it's, and it's going to shine forever. Forever it will glorify Jesus, right? Jesus is the unlimited vine. Therefore, you and I can produce unlimited fruit. That's why we cannot look at natural things, because all things are possible to him who believes. Amen. Amen. And abundant branch, think about it even in the natural, natural. An abundant branch is one that has been pruned many times. And everybody's flesh said, Ouch. But I'm telling you, as you walk with the Lord, and he's like, Okay, Tony, hold the branch out in your flesh. You got to stop this, right? You got to eat a Brussels sprout. Yes, Father. You learn after a while, right? You learn after a while to embrace the prunings. Lord, Lord, prune me. Because when you prune, you grow. You get stronger, right? See, how do you live in the presence of God? You live in the very presence of God. Boy, this was so much fun this afternoon as the Lord was just, I was typing this stuff. I'm like, "God, God, you're so good. You live in the presence of God one way, united with him, In fellowship that's how you you we're not made to walk separate we walk united with him in fellowship boy what I mean the God of the universe has made that invitation to us and said listen here I am I am yours you can have all of me you want and as you draw near to me I'm gonna draw near to you man more revelation that's why The path of the righteous, it gets brighter and brighter to the full day. It increases more and more, both for us and for our children. It affects our other generations. Do you have kids that are just blowing it tonight? Just smile. Go, I'm not moved by any of it. I already know the end result. Because I'm blessed, they're going to be blessed they're going to be blessed of the Lord and you're going to get that phone call one day hey guess what man I'm doing all. you know you're going to be like oh you're going to be able to come over no I can't you know I'm doing this stuff in church I'm part of a church I'm doing this I'm doing that I'm serving God I'm just so glad he loves me right I'm excited for that day. absolutely we should be excited all things are possible do not look at your life and think that's the end Your life is to look just the way this looks, abundant. Amen?